You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. We are back with a little gathering this time, Mm -hmm. a magic the gathering. Dad joke. Dad joke. Right off the bat. Yep, yep, that. And uh, we got a special guest. So obviously, you know, the man said, I am Brian. Justin is joining me as the other voice that you know. As per usual. But we are joined by our friend Tony. Hey. How's it going, Tony? Going great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, he, he, Tony is our expert in magic. The Gathering. Expert. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Every expert that comes onto this podcast is like, don't call me an expert. <laughs> I don't want to be judged as an expert. I don't want to be judged by the Magic but, the Gathering community as but, an expert. Sure. But in, <laughs> to in, us. In, to us. That's fair. You are like master. Okay, good. Like we are so entry level for this that having you on this podcast, you are no joke an expert. And I, I, I don't want to sell you you short. I mean, I we haven't talked Magic all that much aside from today mm-hmm. and from what we know about you in the past. But I think you are well educated in the Magic field. So I dabble. I'm, I'm excited to, I do uh, dabble. to dig in. Yeah, and we have spent the last almost two hours. <laughs> Did it really take that long? You took a long time. Yeah, playing Sorry. a game. <laughs> so Tony tried to walk Justin and I through a game, Yes. and it took a long time. It, That's okay. I mean, as we'll discuss, Magic's a pretty complicated game. It, it is, and uh, you know we'll probably get into this as we go, but... It's intimidating to first get into it, and and the advice that that you had and that um, you advised was to just jump in and play. And mm-hmm. we did that. You know, we've done our research beforehand, but it still was very entry level for us. And uh, I had a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. 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 Well, let's uh, let's jump right in and, and meet our expert. It seems to me like you're the expert, Mark. Tony, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep, yep. Not Mark. Tony today. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's our our magic expert. And uh, Tony, why don't you start off by describing Magic: The Gathering to us in in about sixty seconds? Yeah. <laughs> what's your What's your elevator? Which pitch? is challenging. <laughs> I, we we know, but wow. At the very base level, Magic: The Gathering is just a collectible card game. There's thousands of cards printed throughout its history. The object of the game is you are a what's called a planeswalker. Basically, you're you're acting like a wizard and you are casting spells using mana to cast spells and play creatures. And the object of the game is to get your opponent's uh, life total down from twenty to zero. And you do that through a variety of creature combat, spell casting, whatever have you. That's kind of the core gameplay aspect of it. But there's a whole world of just collecting, trading, conventions, cosplay. I mean, I yeah. go on and on and on. Yeah. So, which, by the way, we didn't mention that I was the one who was the victor and got you down. Oh, to we didn't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah. I thought you were going to reveal that like Tony was a cosplayer. Uh, oh no, I, well, I, I don't know. Hey. I don't know. <laughs> you we know? might learn. As I'm we not, go. but there are some pretty cool, dedicated cosplayers out yeah. there. Shout out to all the cosplayers yeah. out there because they put in a lot of work, and all those are pretty much done i've by probably hand and... seen i not i don't cosplay myself but i do uh, appreciate the art of it and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i've probably seen a fair amount of them and it just went right over my head who they were trying to be uh, but they were probably prominent people in the magic community yeah 
this game's been around for a while, but when did you start playing the game? It's been around since I think 94, 95, somewhere in there, maybe 93. We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll probably get into that later. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's basically around the same time I started. I started playing or at least at least I was introduced to the magic world around like 94, 95. And, and not to dig too deep into yeah. it, but your age at that point. My which... age at that point, uh, I was about I guess almost 10 years old. Okay. I was about 9 or 10. Yep. And I think the first thing I was attracted to, you mentioned it briefly, but just the art on the cards, I was like, whoa, what are these cool looking dragons and like creatures and like spell looking things that my friends had on the, I think I saw some friends on the bus, you know, going to school one day who were uh, playing on the bus seat. And um, I kind of, kind of piqued my interest a little bit. And uh, I remember going down to a local card store wasn't even a card store i think it was just a like a collectible gaming store or even a craft store down in um the issaquah area where i grew up and uh i bought my first my first starter deck of revised edition cards so that's third edition um and you know at the time it was about 9.99 you know i got money from my parents and went and bought 60 card starter deck didn't know how to play the game yep and it's crazy to see how much the game has evolved since then. And that same starter deck today is, you know, worth thousands of dollars to, to buy sealed. So it's it's pretty yeah. it's pretty that's yeah. that's awesome. Real quick, as it relates to that, so did you start as a collector of the cards, or was it like yeah, like because you said it was like this is really cool art, mm-hmm. but then how quickly did you get into playing the game, or was that kind of like your first thing? You know, thankfully I had a a brother. I have a brother around the same age, and we both got into it around the same time. So I had always had someone to play with, but we we didn't know the rules. I mean, we basically just opened the cards and started looking through them and tried to decipher the tiny text in the rule booklets that were included uh, at the time. I have one in my hands right now from Ice Age. It was from an Ice Age uh, edition yeah. starter deck that I bought, and that's just one of the. Um, that was one of the first ones, right? It's one of like the first expansions that they yeah. that they released back in the day. <laughs> and I remember bringing this booklet into like my. I don't know how old are you when you're nine or ten? Like what grade are you in? Like third grade or something? Yeah, yeah, around there. Yeah, I remember bringing this booklet into like my third like grade cl- classroom and. Like there was like silent reading time, and I spent my time reading this rule booklet. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And the teacher would go around and they'd see me with this tiny book in my hands, like flipping through the pages, and uh, they kind of stopped and like they were curious, like what I was, yeah, what was in my hands yeah. and what I was looking at, and I had to explain it to them. And I think there was this was around the time when Magic first came out, so there was not a lot of like uh, awareness around it. Yeah. All people, no one really knew what it was, so we were all finding out together, but. When I first started, I was just collecting and kind of just messing around with my brother. Eventually, you know, we got to construct, you know, we got enough cards together to construct our own decks and we would play at the kitchen table or, you know, like on the ground uh, at recess or something with friends. My brother and I were on like the same wavelength where like we would be in the house and like we would just look at each other and like give a head nod and like that was the signal to like okay let's go upstairs and play magic like <laughs> wow. it was like it didn't have to down. say anything it was <laughs> we had it down that's awesome but yeah you know i just stuck with it and throughout you know grade school a little more friends got into it middle school kind of lost touch with it a little bit but then again in high school got back into it and a bunch more friends started playing so it's a uh, it's a game i've been off and on and 
mostly on for recent, recent <laughs> mostly years. Mostly on. But, yeah, it's been okay. fun. You know, I, I picture Tony, you know, now 6'3", <laughs> handling this book. But as a, <laughs> like a, giant. As a third grader, mm-hmm. you know, it, the book wouldn't be as small in his hands right. as, it, as it would now. But right now, as you hold that little book, uh, it is so <laughs> tiny. It's like the size of... Uh, like a playing card, just like one of any other yeah. uh, cards. Yeah, yeah it, fit, just, it fit inside the uh, the deck box, deck box that it came with, though. So it's about the same size as, as a playing card. card. Yeah, and yeah. as we set the scene for where we are at, we're mm. actually at Tony's humble abode. Yes. So thank you for allowing us to come in here. And, Absolutely. And the reason we are here is because you have displayed all of your mats <laughs> and your dice yes. and your... A bunch of your cards. I'm sure you have many more cards, but yeah. um, thank you, you for. See, you don't want to see my closet <laughs> back there. <laughs> we only saw the box. But yeah, yeah. We only know. How I brought much out the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So when you were growing up, did you collect any other cards? Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, or you know, um, baseball cards? Or anything I remember like that? Um, around the same time Magic was kind of gaining steam. At least at our school, it was like around the same time. Star Wars had a collectible card game as well. Oh, Brian, look Brian at is this. pumping his fist yes. right now. Like he I, played that and he's an expert. I, I <laughs> don't think we ever actually played, but we collected the cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I never played Star Wars. Um I did have some friends that uh collected and I remember there was like it was almost like two clicks on the playground. Like there's the magic players and there's the Star Wars players and <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there's yeah. kinda of a little rivalry between the two groups. Uh-huh. But you could also there was there was some crossover, so like people would trade Ooh. you know magic cards oh, for star okay. wars cards and star yeah. wars cards for magic cards yeah i don't know where star wars cards are at these days but i feel like uh, the magic cards are still going strong yeah i, I mean, can't they're not going strong i would guess that much but they may have some value mm-hmm. in, in yeah. their age for sure so star wars cards were a thing a little bit after magic came out pokemon cards i think came out i'm not sure the year but it felt around the same time um yeah, I think I think I think Pokemon a little bit later. Was, yeah, like yeah, maybe early maybe four or late five 90s years or later. Something. Yeah, late nineties. We'll um, get into that. Okay, got a history section oh, okay. coming up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, collected Pokemon cards, played Pokemon. I remember I had a foil Charizard back in the day, which was like oh, legit. Baby. I think it's still Holographic worth a lot. Holographic Charizard. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yes. Um, but I was I always just came back to Magic. Like those other things were just kind of fads to me. Yeah. Magic was always the one that appealed appealed to me the most. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the the Pokemon for me, like, and I, I I would like to formally request a Pokemon episode at some point. <laughs> uh, surprised there hasn't been one already. Yeah, I, I'm surprised too. someday. Mm-hmm. But wow. uh, but for for me, like that, I I and we'll probably get into this too. But like, I was much more of a Pokemon fan. I'm I'm a little bit younger than you, and so Pokemon was a couple years later, and that was kind of my third grade, to, mm-hmm. you know, especially late elementary school. And but it was all about collecting for me, and and it seems like magic is much more about like the playing of the game. Sure, collecting is definitely a big part of it. Yeah. But I think playing it is much more impactful than 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 Pokemon has ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, taking a step over, so magic game, and as I've learned about it and now played it a little bit, there's a there's a huge huge fantasy element to this, yep. and so. I, I want to know, you know, are you into things beyond the magic world? Like, are you into fantasy books or movies or, or have you played D&D before? We had a D&D podcast way back when. Yeah. I'm curious if those things have influenced or been a part of your life uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think 
D&D, not so much. I never got into that. I did have some friends that played that as well. I think that the first foray into fantasy, though, was Magic. And, like, Magic just kept, like, leading to other avenues. and like, But it was always, like, that was the initial kind of grounding for me. But definitely was into Lord of the Rings yep. a lot growing up. Saw yep. all those movies at, you know, the midnight releases with friends uh, yeah. in high school. Um, I remember... You know, the after-school programming was always, you know, Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z for me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> big, big Dragon Ball Z fan yep. back in the day. So, yeah, fantasy, anime, those avenues, those back back in the day, I definitely, definitely kept track of. Okay. Yeah. So, nowadays, how, how often do you play? Well, if you guys weren't here, I'd be playing right now, so. Oh. Um. <laughs> We're sorry. I, I, I would like to note that at one point we were deciding how to play the game and and it came up as oh can we play with three players and tony got really excited for a second and then brian was like no we're gonna play 1v1 and tony's gonna help us i mean we would have definitely been destroyed by tony but it it was very clear that tony was eager to play and i don't blame if if you didn't have any help Mm -hmm. you were oh i would have been fine (laughs) you might have have figured it out i mean we we would have Tony, no we would have still been playing <laughs> Maybe. three hours later. That's okay because you would fun. be de- deciding what you could play. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, how often do I play? I play probably once or twice a week. Just at different card stores, comic book stores around around the area. Mostly at um, Mox Boarding House over in Bellevue or the one in Ballard. Great great community of players and just awesome stores in general if you haven't been there go check them out but you know they have weekly tournaments for different formats um that people can just come and enter for small entry fees you know they give out prizing based on how you do and stuff like that so it's okay that's that's more than i thought yeah so i yeah i'm I'm pretty i mean (laughs) that's what i'm saying like you you sell yourself short up front but if someone's playing two two ish times a week like that's Mm -hmm. a fair amount like i I mean, there's a lot of hobbies that I have that I'm like really yeah. nerdish about and don't do sometimes two times a week. So that yeah. that's gr- awesome. Like yeah. you are a valuable member to this this uh, conversation. So I, I I vaguely remember you've actually traveled for oh, there's been multiple travel situations yeah. with Magic. Wow. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to go to Las Vegas for a tournament, and they have. You know, these uh, larger scale tournaments, they're called Magic Fests. These used to be called Grand Prix um, sure. a, little bit, a little bit ago. They rebranded. But basically, it's a place where it's a big magic convention and people can come. They can play. They can trade cars. There's vendors set up to sell and buy. Cosplayers will come. There's a bunch of artists that get uh, brought out for people to come uh, with their cards. You can sign autographs. Tournament? There and there is. Play? And that's the main, the main event of like oh, okay. each one of these is like a large scale tournament it's an open tournament where players can just pay an entry fee and there's a large payout uh for the winner how much are we talking here i think the pricing structure changes based on how many people attend but you know like low level ten thousand dollars for the winner wow i believe you know up to 25 or somewhere in there i could yeah i could have that wrong someone fact check me but you know it's around that range it's it's not small you know it's a good chunk of change for someone who can just enter for a hundred bucks and yeah. come come away a winner. And they do them all over the country. Yeah. They have these all over the world really. Okay. So magic, yeah. you know, is an international game, you know, as we'll get into probably there's cards printed in a lot of languages and people yep. play this thing all over the globe. A lot of them are, a lot of these magic fests are based 
in the U.S., but they do branch out to Europe and you know South America and you know places do all you over see, Asia. And I'm sure Brian will get into this in the history, but do you see a lot more in this the Pacific Northwest in this area just because of the home base of Wizards? Yeah, I think just the Pacific Northwest. You know, not necessarily that there's more of these magic fests in the area, but there's just more support in general for the game of magic around here. Okay. Um, and I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that the game is from here. It was mm-hmm. created here in Renton, Washington at Wizards of the Coast. But, you know, we have such a large community of players here that some formats, such as, like, some of the older formats like Legacy or Vintage, mm-hmm. they have a strong following here and affinity here in the Pacific Northwest whereas they might not in other parts of the country. Okay. Um, so it's pretty cool. We're pretty, I'm pretty, we're pretty lucky to live. If you're a Magic player yeah. and you've been around for a while or if you're you know looking to get into it a little bit more, there's a great community in the Pacific, Pacific Northwest, in Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, yeah. just up and down. So You talked about the, the format. Yeah. What, yeah. what is – so you, know, we have, you talked about legacy. There's a commander and a standard. There is. Someone's done the research. Yeah. Yes, I'll take the claim for that one. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many more than that. I, I there's yeah, there's so many more. I, I'll there is. What, what's it, your but, favorite though? Yeah. Ooh. Um. So I mean, I didn't even know what formats were when I was growing up playing this game. You know, I thought a format was just you you construct a deck of sixty cards and you yeah. go to play. You know? Right. And that's that is a format. Like, if you're growing up playing this game and you're a kid and like that's the way you learn how to play. I mean you don't go to a constructed tournament event and learn how to play. Like you're right. playing on the kitchen table yep. and like, that's, you know, theoretically a format, but there are my favorite, you know, I, I like, uh, I like playing legacy. I like playing modern. Those are, those are two of kind of the, they're called eternal formats because they, they do not rotate which cards are yes. legal in them. I'm not sure if, Yes, I, I saw that come up. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, so you think about Magic. So throughout Magic's history, the game's been around for you know 25 plus years, and so they have released you know three or four sets each year. So there, are, someone do the math. There's a lot of sets yes. of Magic cards out there. Yeah. A format is defined up of certain sets of cards. So Legacy has basically cards legal in that format are from pretty much throughout magic's history as a game modern is a little bit more recent and then there's formats even more recent than that standard like you mentioned um is one that will continually rotate which cards are legal in it so it's it's kind of geared towards towards newer players but i don't want to sell the format short either at all because there's a lot of competition around it there's a lot of uh, high level high stakes events around it as well and it's it's probably where wizards makes a lot of their money i i actually want to ask you this uh yeah. did you have you won money in any of these tournaments not a lot but you, <laughs> but you have but you won have money. won i've won store credit does that count you know sure. i have not won sure, sure. i have that. not won at these big magic won. fest con- conventions i mean so, did yeah. you win more store credit than you paid for yes. an entry fee? yeah yeah oh yeah so oh, yeah. you come out on top in that one yeah for nice. sure for yeah. sure you that counts and you just know feeds your 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 more card exactly <laughs> it is a endless cycle of <laughs> entering tournaments getting store credit yep. buying more cards entering yep. more tournaments getting more store they credit. probably give out a good amount of store credit just because it just feeds the beast right oh absolutely it keeps people coming back for more you know i think the at these weekly tournaments that i go to if you go four and oh so you're undefeated on the night the payout's yeah. about sixty dollars okay. store credit and you enter for ten dollars so 
you know, you come up 50 bucks on the night. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal. It's like it's like poker. Yeah. Hey, that's a lot of magic cards. Yeah. It is, oh. Well, depends. Depends on what you're buying. Oh, okay. Well, you know, a we, lot of starter We could get into packs. the economy behind magic cards if you really packs. want to. But yeah, 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 yeah okay. for sure. Well, as, as you're playing through all of this stuff, I, I want to know, you know, why, why do you play the game? Especially now, like what, what drives you to continue to play? That's a good question. Um, I've thought about it for, for a while. I think, I mean, the main, main reason I play is I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you thought it was fun in the little introduction we had earlier. But Winning yeah. is fun. Yeah, oh, winning is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's a good point, though, because Brian brings up you know, the, the aspect of winning. Beat. Like, I was a competitive person growing up. I played a lot of sports, right. and, like, eventually you get to a point where you're not going to play sports anymore. Yep. Just, <laughs> you know, yep. You, you might tear your, your meniscus. Just, <laughs> Justin turned 30. I so. did. So okay. my life's over. He's, he's, yeah, you're pretty much done. Yeah. yeah. You're done. <laughs> Done so. Um, but I think it, I think um, you know initially it might have been like a a way for me to keep up that competitive drive a little bit yeah. and like you know try to outdo my friends on the play- playground yep. or like at these weekly tournaments like just keep that competition going. Yeah, it is just fun though. Like I just yeah. have a lot of fun playing, and I think one of the aspects I enjoy the most about Magic is deck building, and yeah. there has been you know countless nights where I'll just be laying in bed and all of a sudden I'll think about a card that might go good in this certain deck and then I'll okay. try to like make an adjustment yeah. on you know on my notepad I respect, <laughs> I respect the heck out of that wow. you know like I'll wake up and like make a little edit in my notepad on my iPhone and to my deck yes. list or whatever and yeah. you um, didn't think you were an expert right dude <laughs> well maybe just obsessed not so much well an sure but that still qualifies as our level of expert yeah. Um, so I mean, that there there are you know a lot of there's a lot of um, creativity that goes into the game, and um, depending on your play style, you know you can build decks just to cert- to like line up with your um, play style that you prefer. At the end of the day, though, I think I think it's just fun. It's it's a competitive outlet. It's a creative outlet. Yep. It keeps your mind going, like your mind mm-hmm. going. It keeps your mind sharp. Strategy. There's a lot pretty, of strategy yep. involved. There's a lot of math involved. A lot of yeah. uh, reading comprehension. <laughs> you know, we we talked about that a lot. Did, Apparently, yeah. that's not a high uh, skill of mine. No, in, in I mean, I'll, I'll go magic. back. Like, you know, you asked about when I first started playing. A lot of the vocabulary on these magic cards. You know, it's a game meant for people 13 and up, but if you're like a young kid growing sure. up, yeah. you probably don't know what a lot of these words on these cards mean, so it's actually a good education tool in that in that regard, you know. I learned a lot of vocabulary from my time playing Magic. Nice. I mean, I'm being completely, completely yeah. honest. Like, yeah. there's words that I'll recognize today, and I'll, I'll equate it with a Magic card, that's and I'll fun. be like, oh, yeah, I know what that means because I play Magic. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's not really why I play is to, is to learn, but no, <laughs> it's, but that's it's an a part aspect of it. Of yeah, it. yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, there's multiple reasons, but. Yeah, I, w- I would say, I know, I know I kind of alluded to this earlier, but, like, playing through that one game, and, yes, I did lose. That happened. Um, I'm okay with that being a part smoked. of my my journey, <laughs> part of my my journey. And I say journey because I'm going to be honest. Like in playing that one game, it's just one game, but I have an itch yeah. right now where I want one. I want to be Brian right after he beat me one one time and only one time. I want to I want to play more. Like mm-hmm. I I I feel like you've taught us decent enough to to compete. And we played a very basic version. We had you know, each one set of mana and land cards. But, yeah. but you know, I felt like it was coming to me, you know, relatively quick where, you know, every game is going to be a little bit simpler. And I, mm-hmm. I just 
really appreciate the strategy tied to it. Yep. Um, games like this are are intimidating, but it can I, be. But but also intriguing to me. So I I'm intrigued. Yeah, I think you never know what you get when you're gonna like when you sit down to play a Magic with someone across from you at a store. You don't know what deck they're playing. You don't yep. know what cards they're they're gonna you know be bringing out. So there's a lot of um, variety like in the gameplay itself. You know you're never playing the same game twice, and I think that that goes a long way into the reason why people keep coming back and yeah. playing more. So Tony, how, how many cards do you have? Ooh. How many would you estimate? Oh man, it's got to be in, it's in the thousands. You know, it, at one point it was probably in the tens of thousands. I oh, recently, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You start to uh, accumulate a lot of cards over the years if you've been playing. You know, since '95 or whatever. Actually, recently I donated a bunch of cards to a um, after-school center in the area just because they've been collecting dust in my closet, and I knew some people at the center and that they, they uh, a lot of the kids played so you know yeah. that those cards are going to be a lot more valuable in their hands than in my closet right. so because they're, yeah they're just going to sit there right yeah. not, they're not yeah. a part of your deck they're not part of my deck yeah. they're not worth a lot of money they're just collecting dust um so i figured it'd be a good idea just to give back mm-hmm. to the next generation of players yeah. you know but i mean i have thousands of cards currently you know it's funny you know you ask every magic player how many cards they have probably they all probably say thousands, but you're only playing with 60 at a time. So yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a little strange in that and, regard. Yeah. And just to paint a picture for our listeners, you you have some rookie decks yeah. that are very basic cards. Mm-hmm. You have some other cards. Those are just like trading cards. And then you have some other ones that are, are in these sleeves that you keep yeah. protected. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up, my brother and I, when we played, we didn't sleeve our, our decks at all we played just the cards themselves we'd play with them on the, the asphalt you know at recess or whatever or on the sidewalk on the kitchen table and you know they'd get all dirty they'd get like scuff marks and all the corners have black marks all over the edges and stuff like that like that that's just how you learn to play growing up but as you get more invested in, into the game and you start collecting more cards you start creating these decks you start to take a little more care of your cards and so i have actually each of these i have a legacy deck in front of me and a modern deck in front of me and uh actually each card is double sleeved in case oh, you didn't see that nice. oh, yeah. you gotta go with a double sleeve yeah just in case there's you know water damage or something or like water gets on the card or whatever yeah it's gonna yeah. be protected on double. top and on bottom, you know. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into this. Yeah, and, uh, it, it's pretty. Cool. I I I was pretty similar. I didn't do as much of that. I was big into the uh, the nine card holder uh, binders for sure. my Pokemon cards. Yeah. But my baseball cards, I would do the double sleeve, and it was mm-hmm. it was well, actually, it was single sleeve with a case. Okay. Um, yep. And and like a hard now, case. Yes, the hard case. Yep. Though that. I don't know how well that would fit within your your very fancy little box. <laughs> I don't think that would play very well. Well, it, it does not play as well. You cannot shuffle them as well. Oh, that's well. true. You can't um, shuffle. I have <laughs> seen, point. you know, I've watched, I've watched, uh, you know, Magic the Gathering tournaments on stream before, and players will, at times, get a little excessive with the number of sleeves on their cards. I think the most I've seen is like a quadruple sleeve on a, on a card, oh. and that incorporates the, yeah. the hard case so as well. I have a, I have a quick question because we, we've played through this. Is there rules tied to how like what types of cases are applied to it. Cause if you're shuffling that and some of them are white cases or whatever, that might be your mana or your, your land or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't that be an indicator when, how you play your hand based off of that? Yeah. So, I mean, all of your sleeves have to be 
basically uniform. You can't have any marks on them on the back or, yeah. you know, on the sides or, or front. And there are occasions, you know, in, in tournaments, there's a, there are magic judges at every tournament who kind of keep track of the, uh, the results and they are there to answer questions and help people through things, but they're also there to keep track of, you know, cheaters. Unfortunately, yeah. every game has cheaters, yeah. you know, few and far between, but, um, there are instances, you know, where people have been caught marking cards on the back sure. of the sleeve or yep. so they can, you know, try to draw a certain card during the game. Yeah. That type of thing. I mean, so when there, you there are rules around 10 that, to yeah. $20,000 sometimes on the line, right. You better have referees. Yeah. There yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that. sometimes people go to unfortunate measures to try to take advantage, yeah. but yeah, usually people are there to be on top of it. So what's the most expensive card that, that you have or maybe have bought? Oh man. You know, I, the most expensive card that I own is probably around 500 or $600, you know, and I've probably spent that much on a single card as well. There's, oh. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, it's serious, right? It's a serious I, I think addiction. you said something about it's a problem. get, get into your mid thirties and have some, yeah, you know, you get into income. your mid thirties and, um, you know, I'm not married <laughs> or anything. Don't have any kids. You have some disposable income around and you can kind of throw it around on what you want. And I want magic cards right now. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> but um, it's kind of funny because thinking about back in the day, like I had cards that at the time, you know, were worth maybe $20 or, sure. or something, which was yeah. a lot. That's, yeah. That was a lot at the time. Right. That same card has matured in value to be worth over, you know, $500 today. So yeah. people could be sitting on collections that they have no, I mean, they might have no idea how much they are worth. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, every so often there's a, a Reddit thread that'll come up with someone you know, finding a rare collection of magic cards at someone's garage sale or yes. something like that, that some poor soul has no idea how much yep. their cards are worth. Yeah. They just want to get rid of them because they're collecting dust. But yeah. That's how it goes. Speaking of which, so I've actually, I'm a, I'm a, I've probably mentioned this in previous podcasts, but I, I, I do love garage sales and yard sales. I am aware of this fact. I'm a big, big fan. Yes. Um, you know, and I, I will buy various things there. I usually look for sports cards there, but um, one of the recent times I got some Pokemon cards and some um, sports cards, but there were some magic cards mixed in and I'm kicking myself for not grabbing them to bring here to just ask you what your thoughts yes. were on them. I will say right now, public service announcement to anyone out there who sees magic cards at a garage sale. Yeah. If they're in bulk and they're under a reasonable price, $20 or less, just buy the bulk. Yes. Honestly. Because, <laughs> well, I was even just, I mean, I, I probably spent... I don't know, 10 bucks on all these cards. It probably was a couple hundred cards of just miscellaneous, you know, mostly sports and Pokemon, but then some mm-hmm. magic. And once I got to the magic cards, I actually started to look them up price wise. And yeah. a couple of them were like a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there. I was like, all right. Like if I decided to sell them, I could. Sure. But I, I thought that I was like, I hit a gold mine. I don't think I hit a gold mine, <laughs> but I do think I had some like decent cards that are worth something. Um, and to your point, like you never know what you're going to get and just why not just yeah. buy some. Why not roll the dice? Yeah. Uh, are there any cards that you wish you had? Oh, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are a lot. Um, I think you ask any magic player that there's always a next card or another card that you're working towards or you're, you're trying to upgrade in your deck. You know, uh, if I had to pick one, I mean, I, I think the most iconic card in Magic is Black Lotus. Um, yep. You know, for anyone out there who knows Magic, they'll know what I'm talking about. I did do. you just say yep? You're darn <laughs> right I said yep, because I did my research. Ooh, nice. Black Lotus. Yeah, so. Yeah. It'll come up. Nice. Okay. I mean, that, that, that card alone is, is just worth a lot of money, but, I, I you know, 
it's just a, an iconic card yeah. in Magic's history. I have history, no so. idea what it does, to be very clear. But fair. I know yeah. okay. Because I was going to say, if you know what Black Lotus is, but then you lost to me in a rookie <laughs> deck, that's that's weird. This is not related. <laughs> so is there is there cards in your deck that you would not really put in your your deck that your your sixty cards? But you would hold on to and say, you know, this is either valuable to me or valuable in in just in general. From you know, if you were to sell it, you know, yeah, just hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, I mean, I have a binder in front of me right now, um, kind of a nine nine cards per page, uh, nine cards per sleeve of basically just these are all what I consider playable cards yeah. in in decks that I own, mm-hmm. or they are cards that are valuable like within the formats that I play. So. Sure. There's always a reason to hold on to them because, you know, at one point I might want to build a deck around them. At one point I might want to just sell them for store credit or, mm-hmm. you know, try to get another card. But, um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of cards that I own that aren't in decks that obviously hold, hold some value. Yeah. And uh, there's a reason for keeping them. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've talked for a long time. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm, I'm happy with. I, I know we have a schedule to follow, but I'm, I feel like – you know this conversation with Tony. You are geeking out over there. I am. <laughs> yeah, I could talk all day about magic. Yeah. As well, yeah. And I'm all right. Okay well, well, let's get into some magic news. You're a newsman. I ever tell you otherwise, I'm in the face. All right. Well, I'll kick this one off uh, because it's 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 actually pretty relevant right now. So, the Wizard of the Coast will soon announce the details of a new wave of Magic the Gathering secret lair. Are you familiar with this, Tony? I am familiar with this, yes. Okay. You can't get anything back. Yeah, I know. It's, this is going to be a challenge. But uh, so, that, so that drops and will be available during the next week. Next week's Magic World Championship. Holy crap. Tony just brought over a secret lair. What the heck? Is this... <laughs> You thought you'd stump our expert? I, I, oh. I just I didn't necessarily think I'd stump him, but you literally have a secret lair series right in front of us right yeah. now. So it, can you explain a little bit? Yeah, sure. So this is a product that Wizards recently released, and they. <laughs> I think I caught our host off guard a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you were. I was not expecting shook. this. The kids would say you're shook. Breaking news over here. Um, <laughs> But it's a product that they've released, and they will they will continue to, re- to release more of them. So, basically, it's each one of these secret lair drop boxes contains a special like theme or set sure. set yeah. of cards. Right. So the initial wave I think was was launched maybe a month or two ago, and uh, it included a handful of cards that that I thought were cool that I purchased, and so I got a secret lair box. Uh, How much did that put you back? You know, I think it was about 25. Oh, that's not terrible. 25, somewhere in yeah. there. Um, and it included, uh, for anyone who knows the game, Serum Visions was the, the one I bought. It's the secret layer drop is called Seeing Visions. It's right there on the side of the box if you guys want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, this, this included four of this card called Serum Visions. And it, it, it is a blue spell that just kind of helps you draw cards. Oh, but, it's um, already in your sleeves? It is, it is in my binder here, yeah, if you want to throw it out here for you. But you are correct that there are okay. more of these coming up yes. in the future with different themes, different yeah. cards involved. So I think that the next one has yet to be announced. Yeah, but. and there, there's a, apparently there's a print-on-demand series, which will only be available for 24 hours and will be open to everybody. So there's a limit to the number of sets each customer can purchase. 
but there's a pretty much no limit to the number that will be produced. Uh, the secret layer collectible uh, sets of familiar uh, MTG cards with f fantastic themes, as you mentioned, and unique new art styles. The first series of Secret Lairs was released last December, yeah. and the um, Secret Lair Year of the Rat was released last month, which <laughs> That's right. yeah. um, you were kind of referencing. But I think that, the, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff in there, you know, even not as a, a, a Magic the Gathering fan. But I just thought it was pretty amazing that while we don't plan this stuff out, uh, sometimes, sometimes we do. The World Championship is happening in Honolulu on February fourteenth to sixteenth, which is happening one day after the release of this podcast. Ooh. What? So, so I am going to be in Hawaii. Oh. Yes, during this. So you should go. Wow, I mean, it's Are a different island. Oh, well, different island. It's worth it. Just it's take worth a plane. to hop over yeah. to yeah. their <laughs> island, <Let's> Brian. <laughs> Trust me. Tony by by the end there. of this podcast, you will want to be on yeah, that yeah. island. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. We'll Fair see. Enough. Well, my news comes from EaterSeattle.com, and it is about the Zippy's Burger that they've created. They've taken a twist on the Happy Meal, and it's called the Nightmare Meal. I'm sure you know about this, Tony. I do. I have yeah. not had the burger. Oh, no. you haven't you no. haven't gone and get I have done not. It yet? I still gotta do that. So it's it's uh helping promote Magic's latest card set, Theros Beyond. I'm sure you Beyond know. Death, I think it's called. Oh. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony's here to correct us on all of our <laughs> stuff. Yeah, see here's the thing, because some of these names I think you're probably gonna know that I don't know. Sure. So it's uh Ash Ashok Ashiox Feast. Mm -hmm. A a uh, one third pound beef burger patty topped mm. with hummus, hummus, cucumbers, feta, and roasted peppers. Mm. Theros tots served with tzatziki ranch dipping sauce. Ooh, that sounds good. Okay. The blood of Espeth Terrell. Elspeth. Elspeth Terrell. Yeah. Uh, black cherry soda and a booster card pack. Classic fries. black cherry card. Do you have that one, Tony? The black cherry card? Oh, you have I, all I these cards. I don't think I have the black cherry card. <laughs> <laughs> the, the blood of Elspeth Terrell? No? No. Uh, so it's available from January 20th through February 2nd, so we've already passed that. Hmm. Uh, or in while supplies last, so okay. don't know if There's supplies a are still Hopefully there, all got but, to Zippies. Yeah, so oh. it's $15 each. Also available on DoorDash. Oh, oh. Uh, nice. There, there was debate as to whether we should go over there and try to get this, but uh, mm -hmm. obviously we're a few days late, so I, I doubt yeah. they have it. But kind of some interesting Seattle news tying Wizards of the Coast with a, a local burger chain. For sure. Nice. Should we jump into dropping some knowledge? Yeah. So as we normally do, I am the history guy and Justin is the stats guy and... and Tony, feel free to chime in anytime you <laughs> I will. I will. hear or see anything that intrigues you. So Richard Garfield was a doctoral candidate in combinatorial mathematics. That's the first time I've heard that term. Yeah, at the University of Pennsylvania. <gasps> I'm from there. Yes, you are. <laughs> so he started designing a game and refining it before he... Uh, brought it to Whitman College in Walla Walla, Washington. And that is where he met uh, Peter Addickson. He was also a Whitman grad uh, who was at that point the CEO of Wizards, Wizards of the Coast. And we've mentioned that a couple times. 
already at, you know, right. hopefully at this point you've been listening the previous 40 minutes or so that we've been talking <laughs> about the Wizards of the Coast, but uh, they are the company that, that uh, founded or created the uh, Magic the Gathering. So Ad, uh, Ad, Adkinson asked Garfield to create a portable game that could be played in the downtime during gaming conventions. So as, as these gaming companies came together and presented all the other like board games or whatever they might have, he was looking for this portable game. Uh, Garfield presented the concept of a trading card game based on his earlier game, Five Magics, which was uh, built in 1982. Have you ever heard of Five Magics? No, I have not. So it was called Magic through most of the, the testing, but a lawyer informed the company that the name Magic was too generic uh, and could not be trademarked. So Magic Clash was actually the chosen name for you know most of the solicitation of the game, but everyone that was actually involved in, in the actual creation and playing of the game just continued to call it Magic. So in August 5th of 1993, Magic the Gathering was released. Uh, it was an immediate success, but they were actually reluctant to advertise the game because they were unable to keep up with the existing demand for cards. Yeah, I think that part's really interesting because I, I don't know this for a fact. Someone please correct me if I'm wrong, but Richard Garfield uh, did not, as you said, expect all of the interest in this game as much as there was. I think he thought it was going to be a game that, you know, you went to the store, you bought a starter pack, and you were done with it, kind of like going to the yeah. store, buying a board game, right. and you play it a few times, and then you're done. Yeah, I don't think he took into account, or maybe just didn't realize that people are going to want to collect these things and try to optimize their decks, and yep. the collectible scene, mm-hmm. I think, just maybe wasn't as established at that yeah. point. Yeah, that makes sense. So after that August release, uh, the first expansion, Arabian Nights, mm. was released in December of 1993. Do you have Arabian Nights? You- that was before my time. Yeah. I do not have any current Arabian Nights cards now. What's, what's the earliest set you have? Do you know? Um, do, you have a li- do you have a list in front of you? I by don't. date? Oh. Okay. Um, you, you know, have I, that Ice one right there. Which is yeah, Ice Age on. was pretty early. I, revised edition, that's third edition, I think came out in uh, 94, 95, 94, I think somewhere in there. So yeah, I, I was a little bit after Arabian yeah. Nights. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so the... After that, the um, they started averaging about four expansion releases a year. And in 1994, they printed over a billion cards. So just in the second year, they were printing a billion cards, which mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. Yep. The rules of the game have undergone kind of three major revisions. So the first being the revised edition, which was in 1994. And then we had the classic edition in 1999, and also in 1999, Wizards of the Coast was acquired by Hasbro. Mm-hmm. And what's that? I didn't know that. Now you do. Mm-hmm. Yep. In 2002, the uh, Magic Online became the first official online version of the game. <laughs> yes, it did. it did. So I, I saw some videos of this, Tony. You probably know this best. Mm-hmm. best. Are the official like world tournaments are they played online or are they played i I know they're played in person but like are they played through a computer or are they actually with cards you know i think it's both nowadays okay to be honest with you they have you know it's worth looking into but i think that they have high stakes you know 
professional scene tournaments in paper as well as online because recently they have come out with a digital a new digital version of magic the gathering called magic arena okay and that's more of the esports style game that you might see streamed on twitch or whatever right so they they do both okay yeah okay i found a list for you perfect arabian nights antiquities 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 oh never seen that word I know, I've heard the See, word. See, I, I, I remember I said vocabulary. You yeah. learn a lot of vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've heard the word. I don't yeah. think I've ever antique. You know, I yeah, it's worth, it's worth like a pronunciation yeah. guide on that one because yeah. I, I used to call it antiques growing up, and then I, there's like an extra T-I in there somewhere, I think. <laughs> there's an I-E-S at the end, but that's sure. a response. Uh, <laughs> Legends, the Dark, Fallen Empires, Homelands. Okay. And then there's the ice block. So those were the okay. pre-block sets. So I definitely had Fallen Empires and Homelands cards, and then the Ice Ice Age block. Ice Age block. Yep, that alliances. was the first one. Yep, Alliances. Those were the ones I was going down to the store buying packs by the you know dozen. Yeah. <laughs> so this was uh, 95, 96. Okay. Uh, Mirage Visions mm-hmm. Weatherlight was the Mirage block, mm-hmm. and those were 96, 97. Tempest. Uh, Stronghold Exodus, uh, 97 through 98-ish. Uh, Urza's Saga, or Urza's Legacy, Urza, Ur, Urza's Dynasty. I love that you yep. have to Destiny. pronounce all these Urza's things. Destiny. Destiny, sorry. Yep, yep. Okay, I'm going to stop reading these because... <laughs> you could go on for days. I, I thought the table was a <laughs> no. small table. Oh, no. It's no, large. This is, large. This is yeah. massive. It's like you're in like 97 right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, totally true. Uh, so I'm just going to stop there. Uh, Good but call. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then the, the final revision um, of the rules was uh, in July of 2009 when they came out with Magic 2010. Hmm. The eighth edition of Magic in 2003 Magic, that res- received a major visual design change. Did you notice any of that in 2003? 2003, no. I, I don't recall. You know, that might have been around the time that I wasn't playing the game too much. And they've um, had, I feel like they've had a fair amount of design differences, like, over the years. Yeah. From what I saw, Was it least. Is that artistic design, or is that just kind of game design? That's It just said, arti- yeah, it said artistic design. Okay. Yeah. Cards, major visual. Okay, that might be referring to um, kind of the transition between the more natural, like, hand literally like hand painted drawings on you know that were transitioned to cards you know as opposed to the more like digital model um that you might see nowadays on cards so beginning in uh, in 2009 wizards of the coast really started releasing one core set and three expansion releases per year in 2015 core sets were completely eliminated but then in 2018 those sets came back yeah. <laughs> I guess corsets are kind of a way to appeal to the newer player. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of the cards in these rookie decks were taken from corsets or recent sets. So I think they kind of went back and forth on which products they're kind of using as their introductory products for newer players. Yeah. Well, and then the final thing that I have is that in, in June of 2019... Uh, the Russo brothers started producing an animated series for Magic the Gathering on Netflix. 
I'm not familiar with that one. I, I don't think it's out yet. Oh, okay. Oh. I have heard about that then. It started, it's yeah. production, yes, but not not out yet. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah. Interesting. What What is it about it? Is like, is it about the collecting of cards or? I no. Think it, no. I think it, it follows it, the story of a planeswalker. Yeah. Um, okay. So, again, yeah. a planeswalker is kind of the, the role you take on as a wizard casting spells yep. in the game of magic. Yeah. So. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I'll I'll run through a couple stats. Um, so, the there's an estimated actually. This was from a couple years ago. I'm sure this has changed slightly, but uh, there's an estimated 20 million people that play the game right now. Tony is one of them. Raise yeah. his hand. I don't know if Brian and I would constitute as a player. If You've played, played the game now. Time. You can hold your hand. Yeah, up. I have played a total of three times. Yeah. There oh, you go. I've played once. Nice. So all right. So that maybe that adds to it. Um, but yeah. So Magic's original constructed deck was. A size of 40 cards and the first core alpha set we've talked about I, I think I've maybe re- mentioned alpha as we were talking and asking you questions but that was one of those first sets um, was actually 295 cards uh, for that group there's now more than 18,000 unique magic cards crazy. to which hundreds are added each year uh, the 59 cards within the Magic the Gathering Commander 2019 edition decks are completely new to the magic game so that's you know it seems like not that much um you know this year but you know eighteen thousand over the course of the last 25 years is pretty great and there are more than you know you mentioned i think brian uh, one billion that were produced in the first year or something like that yeah so now yeah so they're now at you know about 20 billion cards that have printed since 1993 um so a lot a lot there so I was curious, you know, as an outsider, I, I you know, and I, I, as I mentioned before, I'm more of a, uh, a collector with a lot of the things that I do. I, you know, I never really played the Pokemon, like, competitive game. I never really played, you know, I, I had some of those. Did you ever get any of those Showtime, like, baseball cards or any of the, there was, like, some around this era when Pokemon and Magic and all these cards were good. They brought in, like, football and baseball cards and were like, let's make this into a game. I I bought those cards, but I never actually played the game. There was an actual game behind it. There was, okay. yeah. I think no, they were called didn't Showtime. Come across that yeah. one. But but one of the things I was interested in was was a little bit of the price, um, you know, as as you developed over time. So um, Ice Age, which you have right there, and Fourth Edition starter decks were seven hundred or sorry seven hundred seven dollars and ninety five cents, and booster packs were two dollars and forty five cents. Uh, Chronicle packs were two dollars and twenty five cents in nineteen ninety three. There's been a lot of a decent amount of price changes over the years. I'm sure you experienced a lot of these. In 2006, tournament decks were twelve dollars and twenty nine cents for booster packs, three dollars and ninety nine cents for for theme decks, twelve dollars and twenty nine cents for the ninth edition core sets, and fat packs were thirty four point nine nine. But then, interesting enough, in 2019, Wizard of the Coast actually eliminated MSRP and just said. You know, we, we, we didn't want to limit what or, or kind of structure what it is because it's bigger in different parts of the world. So they allowed, you know, wherever you are to kind of structure what that price is for actually buying the price, buying the packs and all of that. But, oh, good. Are they in different languages? So they are, and I will yes. get to that in yeah. oh. just a Sorry. second. Sorry. Well, you talked um, about around the world. Yes, they, they are. Um, and I hopefully will reference that if I didn't delete it. But I did memorize it if I didn't. But speaking of prices, though, um, you mentioned this, Tony, but some of the most expensive cards. So I'm going to list off the five most expensive cards in the entire um, the entire Magic the Gathering 
world. And this is this is based off of prices that uh, have been posted and I believe been purchased. So, Tony, I need you to tell me if you know these cards. Sure. Um, Let's go. So number five, number five is Mox Emerald. I know that card. It goes for nineteen hundred dollars. Wow, that's in, that seems cheap, actually. Oh, interesting. Okay. Are you sure it's not nineteen thousand? I think it's nineteen hundred, but maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Let's see if he's off a decimal <laughs> point in all of these. I, I would be maybe shocked. I don't know, but you you're the expert here. Uh, Ancestral Recall. Mm-hmm. That goes for twenty two hundred. Okay. Time Walk. Familiar. Yeah. Okay. Take an extra turn. Okay. Uh, Thirty six hundred for that. Yep. Mox Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6500 for that individual card. And then we talked about this, but Black Lotus. Brian, do you have a guess on what Black Lotus goes for? And you might even think <laughs> differently on this one, too, based off of your number five card. Mm, five grand. Uh, 24200 oh, for that. Is that more or less than what you would have think it was? Less. Less. Interesting. <laughs> Seriously? That's um, I mean, I could pull up right now. I'll just do it. Um, I'll, I'll pull up right now on my phone the uh one of the stores that i use for for pricing and you know i'm not sure if that was in reference to a, a certain edition of, yeah. of black lotus or it could not be. but it there there are various um you know editions and obviously obviously also conditions of, yes. of black lotus because right. the car is very old um obviously wear and tear is a thing so things can be valued at different rates so you know a beta there's a set called beta yeah which was the second magic yep. the gathering set a Black Lotus from Beta at the uh, the website I'm currently looking at goes for about $43,000. Are you kidding oh me? Oh, my goodness. A uh, Black Lotus from the Alpha set, which is the very first set of Magic the Gathering. You want to take a guess at how much that one goes for? Holy crap. Uh, 50, alpha. 50. Yeah, I'm going to go 62. 75. Oh, my 75,000. We started collecting the wrong <laughs> yeah. cards as kids. I'm, I'm telling you, garage sales, just swipe yeah. them up. Seriously. I'm going to go go look in my basket, see if there's some black yeah. lotus cards in there. Holy crap. And, you know, they are, they're, they're currently, this current, uh, the website I'm looking at right now is out of stock of, of, of each of those right now. So um, imagine that that is still kind of the market price, but. So, I mean, yeah. If they're okay, out so of they're it, though, that probably is than, more than that. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I mean, it, it's it's like you know what a Honus Wagner or a Babe Ruth or you know one of those except cards. for except for about fifty years newer. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, and that's wild. But I think you know with the Black Lotus, especially like any of those Alpha cards, there was only so many of them made. Yeah, and that's the thing. There There's was only so many of them made. You know. It. Yeah. Um, and if you can find one in good condition, which is even more rare these days, because people back then didn't know that these things were yeah. going to be worth so much yep. in today's day yeah. and age so yeah it's a difficult card to find and um that's the reason it's worth yeah. so much yeah in sense. comparison i found how much the most expensive star wars card probably you know <laughs> is is about 40 bucks nice. <laughs> <laughs> not quite the so, same so those kids at the playground you traded magic cards for wrong, star wars yes, cards you chose the right way <laughs> yeah yeah uh, they did not um okay so there are a couple other sets here so there are two different magic cards that have only ever been printed once. Have you? Do you? Could you name what those are, by chance? Oh, it's a little obscure, so I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't know. I can't. No, I I don't know that one. Okay, 
Well, I will stump you with yeah, this. Yeah, please. Um, so the first card is is actually the 1996 World Champion card. Mm. It was embedded in the trophy of the winner of the 1996 World Championship. There, you can't even play that. Well, <laughs> you can't shuffle that. Let's yeah, be but honest. there's one that that was made. So they made a sheet of the actual card and then destroyed all the cards but one and then they place it there's actually a video that of them placing it onto the trophy wow so that's kind of cool but Probably you can't play that weird. card that card playable it's well, I mean, if you got the trophy, but you can't yeah. shuffle. Probably, well, you know what they used yeah, to I do. So. Um, I think was that the players' championship that you mentioned. Uh, I there? think the world championship. World championships. They used to allow the winner of the world championship or a similar level tournament yeah. create their own magic card, mm. oh. and then that magic card would be playable for everyone. Interesting. Um, so there's a few that I still play today. Um, yeah, Dark Confidant is one. Yeah. for everyone out there. No idea. Snapcaster Mage is I hope another other one. People do. So oh yeah, we should have created our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should have come up with their own oh well maybe, maybe it's not yeah the uh the one i'm thinking right now called dark confidant its nickname is bob because the person's name who won it is bob <laughs> he's the designer of the card yeah that's pretty cool uh the other card is i'm going to completely butcher this uh but the shishu fuku inju dragon yeah uh, i don't know that one the card was made to commemorate the opening of the dci tournament center in japan the card was named after the seven deities of good fortune in japanese mythology but apparently only one was ever made and uh, my last thing was that magic has only ever had one in product ad in a non-magic product did you know this no you you, you would get your your packs they typically would advertise for other magic things. So the, the 16th card in a booster pack usually has a token or game-relevant info in the front. Sure. But will often um, have a magic ad on the back. The rule is that on, they would only advertise magic-related products on the ad cards. But one time they made it an exception. And the ad was for The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Which was a Disney film starring Nick Cage. Say, is that a movie? Yes. Yep. Yep. Nick Seriously? Cage. Of yep. all things. Well, you know, it's a, it's terrible, but also somewhat relevant. So they they um, this was some of the original artists of this. They said that they'd done some product placement in the movie, as well as um, a part of the deal was advertised that the movie had ad cards. The thought was that the movie was about people who cast magic, so it was tangentially relevant to the game. That makes um, sense. But mm-hmm. uh, but still a little odd if you are a diehard Magic fan and you're like, what the frick is this? Yeah, you know, I've had I can see that you know all these cards for so long. But so as I'm looking through this like list of all the sets, mm-hmm. we should have like had you guessed from the code name, the development code name, what the actual name oh, was. Oh, that's another interesting oh. avenue. Yeah, because like I'm looking at this and like there's uh, one that's peanut butter, <laughs> or yeah. no, excuse me, peanut and then butter. And then jelly, and then donut. What is Rock, this? paper, scissors. Live, long, prosper. Lights, camera, action. <laughs> shake, rattle, roll. Hook, line, sinker. Friends, Romans, countrymen. Huey, Dewey, Louie. <laughs> Blood, sweat, tears, fears. Lock, stock, barrel, laughs. Ham, eggs, soup, spaghetti, meatballs, milk, archery, baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Are these ringing a bell for you, Tony? So I don't know the uh, development names very well, but I do know that they exist. And they're basically the code name that the game design team with the developers at Wizards of the Coast will use internally to talk about their product. Okay. Um, And they do release that 
code name to the public yeah. and they kind of give the public an idea of spaghetti is going to be released on this day peanut butter is going to be yeah. released on this day jelly is going to be released on this day or yeah. whatever so the public has a little bit of an idea of when a new set is coming right but they don't know the name of it beyond the code name so yeah. coming up we have cricket uh which is april 17th uh april 17th or 24th of 2020 and then diving equestrian fencing golf hockey ice skating and judo are all coming up okay wow. <laughs> yeah i i don't know i don't know but uh we've spent a lot of time and we are way <laughs> this might be our longest time. podcast ever. wow i feel so honored for it. so <laughs> we need to get into the friendship test yeah. fast we just become best friends yep all right, so so Tony is going to um, he's he's allocated five cards for us, and we Brian and I are are very much noobs in this category uh, in anything um, with Magic the Gathering. So Tony is going to give us five cards. We are going to pick what we think are the coolest of the five, the most powerful, and the most valuable of them. Um, so Brian's handing me. Two right. cards. Right. I'm not so, sure why. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read off three of them. So Supreme Verdict. Uh, it takes one mana plus what's the sun? Is this sun? Uh, white mana. White mana. Yep. Planes. Yep. Two planes and one water. Uh, yep. Blue. Blue, blue mana. Blue mana. Island. Yep. So it's a sorcery, and Supreme Verdict can't be countered. Destroy all creatures. Ooh, that's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Do you want me to read one of mine? Yeah. Um, so I have an underground sea card, which says land. Is that is that a typical mana card? I, I say typical very loosely. It is not typical. It's a good observation. Okay. So there are things in magic. There's non-basic lands, and there are basic lands. So okay. basic lands are what you were playing with earlier. So those yeah. are the mountains and the swamps. Yes. Islands and the forests. Right. Yeah. But there are lands that are called non-basic lands okay and sometimes they have a little bit different abilities but the difference is you can only have four of a single non-basic land in your deck whereas you can have as many basic lands as you want okay interesting so there's there's a couple things here so add either oh man this is um there's a there's a skull which is what you are brian black mana black black mana or white mana or what's the drip blue blue okay that's blue uh, to your mana pool counts as both swamp and islands and is affected by spells that affect either if a spell destroys uh, one of these land types, the card is destroyed. If a spell alters one of the land types, an other type is affected. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Wait, 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 wait. We, gotta, we got okay. more. All right, all right, fine. <laughs> all right, so I won't say I, I have, it's also autographed. I have Demonic Tutor, and so it takes one mana and one black mana. Oh. So it says, search your library for one card and take it into your hand. Reshuffle your library afterwards, and it is signed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> intriguing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my other one is uh, Ensnaring Bridge. Ensnaring. Ensnaring Bridge. Thank you, mm-hmm. vocabulary friend. <laughs> Each creature with power greater than the number of cards in your hand cannot attack. That would have been really useful in our game because I, for so many hands, I only had, I had less cards than you had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And uh, especially less than the number that you had 
in your hand. So yeah, that would have been useful. Uh, so my, also autograph. My last one is is Shivan Dragon. Shivan Dragon. Shivan Dragon. Mm. It's a summon dragon, and it takes four mana plus two red mana. So expensive. Okay, so six. Yeah. yeah. It's flying. Okay. Uh, it can also, with one mana, can also plus one. Uh, and plus zero until end of turn and it's already a five and a five and so we, we haven't even talked about the cards but the the first number is attack and the second number is the toughness toughness or, or yes. block yeah. yeah and and so it'd be a six and a zero until the end of the turn if you use one mana which is i would assume that's pretty good pretty, at least in our game yeah mm-hmm. i mean yeah. I, I had a five five and that's what i i whooped up on you for yep. yeah <laughs> Um, well, let's not get into details. <laughs> I'm gonna pass I, these yeah, on to look. you. To can you can you reach over? Yeah. I'm gonna. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Um, bridge. Okay, so we're going with the coolest one, and the oh, most powerful, and the most valuable. Oh, this is intriguing. So, I know a little bit of information that you may not know. Ooh, research. Based off of my research. Do you do how do we how do we want to reveal what our our opinions are? Should we do one at a time and reveal what we think? Let's go. You I want think to do... coolest should be last. Let's keep coolest to the last. Sure, because I think that's the least you most know, valuable. Yeah, first. Okay, um, I have my guess for most valuable. Okay, uh, I will go with each creature with greater power. Greater. Are you ready? I I want you to guess first, and then oh, I'll guess. The I'm second. gonna go. I'm gonna go with the uh, under the sea. Okay. Underground sea. Underground sea. Oh, underground sea. Sorry. So, and that's one of the mana and, and land this cards. Is, this is not the Little Mermaid, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, and and the reason I think that is just based off of the sleeve that Tony has put can, in. Can I see that card away. one more uh, one more time? Okay. Yeah, it, it's it's a nice sleeve. Okay, so I've. Uh, Oh, it's pretty close. Um, so I'm going to agree with you on that, and uh, there's two reasons why. One, uh, the white edges of the card uh, mean that I believe it's an early edition oh, early. slash yep. Yep. maybe alpha. Maybe not alpha, actually. Sorry, I take that back. So alpha is a slightly more rounded edge um, that I. it kind of looks like that, but it may not be. But I'm gonna. It is not alpha. Okay, no. it's not alpha. But I'm gonna um, guess that of these, I'm gonna agree with Brian that this is the most valuable. Correct. Yes. You guys got it. So the difference between alpha, beta, and that card in your hand, underground sea. Yeah. It is a under the sea. <laughs> yes. Uh, that particular underground sea is third edition. So that's revi- okay. It's also called revised edition. Okay. Um. So the difference between revised alpha and beta. Revised has white borders. Alpha, beta have black borders. Okay. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of how you can tell the difference. Oh, so alpha and beta have black, black borders. borders. Yep. Okay, got yep. it. I knew there was a difference between that. I thought for... Yeah, so, so, so that revised underground Is C. this black card then older than these white cards? Nope. So they kind of brought back... Oh, they yeah. brought back, brought back yeah. the black came, borders oh, later. It, yeah, I was going to say, that border, definitely went looks to white border, newer. Back to black border. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we were correct on the most valuable card. Uh, do you have, do you have an estimated guess on how much that is? That one's worth uh, close to you know four hundred fifty. 
Oh my goodness! I'm gonna yeah. hand this one back yeah. to you, Tony. I don't we were touch we it. were handing that over top of the. <laughs> That's why it's in double chips. sleeves. Man. That's why. It... <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Um, so then the next one is the most powerful card, and I'm gonna go with my gut on this and make the first guess. Um, while it is well, we're not talking value, so autographs don't matter. I believe for some reason that I've heard of the Shivan Shivan Dragon, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's an older card so sometimes with older cards they 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 will make a a more powerful than they realize type of card um and for me the the shivan dragon for whatever reason is sticking out as a really powerful card i think, I think there's some useful cards in there yeah. but i think that one's my yeah, what i would say cuz isn't there something special about flying we haven't even talked about that yeah so in the game of magic there's you know, countless abilities, but flying is a particularly good one that just gives your creatures a form of evasion, uh, so to speak. Yeah. That they are kind of almost free to attack over your opponent's creatures if they don't have flying. Yeah. I, I'm i going to go with, uh, what's the name of it? The one that, that you can pick the card out of your deck. That That's... Demonic Tutor. Search your library. Yeah, I've heard of Demonic Tutor, weirdly enough, too. I don't know why. I, I'm going to go with that one. This is for most powerful. This is most powerful card. So it, it, it's obviously you know a little objective. Sure. Yeah. Uh, between if, these, if you were to pick it out of out of your deck, which one would you be like? Oh man, I'm gonna go with demonic tutor. Ah, on this one. Damn yeah. it! It's a good card though. I'll give yeah. you that. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. you could go pick the other one. Yeah. You could. Yeah, you could. Ooh, yeah. That's fair. There's a lot of applications where demonic tutor is uh, just a great card to see have. that's yeah. why that's why i won and you oh, lost get out of here brian <laughs> okay what's that brian what do you think is the coolest one um coolest one honestly i really like the underground underground the, the sea. sea yeah mm-hmm. yeah um I, honestly can you hand me i really one? the guy's signature on it yeah his name's rob alexander for yeah. anyone, anyone out there and he um he he did the art for a lot of the different land cycles um throughout magic's history he's a great artist yeah. Yeah, it's just it it's a different land than the rest of the ones that I've seen. I, I think all the creatures and all the spells like are all really cool, but like I don't know. Something about his signature and the the look of that one uh it just stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, um so for me, I think I probably I'm going to double down on the uh even though I was wrong the last time, but I for coolest I think the the Shivan Dragon um, is going to be my my fear. I, I think that's cool in that like as a collector I would be really ecstatic about that. But I think having oh geez I'm sorry Tony it's all good. Oh my um, goodness, are you kidding that me? One's, that one's not worth four hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> I will I will clean it up. Justin I just, just <laughs> dropped the magic card into his marinara sauce. <laughs> that's why they're in sleeves. That's why they're in sleeves. On the opposite side of his his computer. I don't even know how that happened. Yeah. I'm just not going to touch them. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, moving on (laughs) to the next. Uh, Wait, can I chime in there on the coolest one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So I think that um, you both have valid points. Just speaking of, uh, you know, the iconicness of a card, I think nothing beats Shivan Dragon. I knew it. Um, I knew there was something about it. Yeah. yeah, especially for people growing up playing yeah. the game. It's just, you know, one of the most iconic cards growing up. And yeah. Was that the one he dropped in Marinara? It sure was. 
Uh, granted, it is not worth very much. It's okay. not a very valuable card these it's days. It's more of a nostalgic. It's, it's definitely yeah. more of the nostalgic yeah. feel uh, yeah. when it comes to Shiv and Dragon. Okay. All cool. right. Well, um, in terms of play style, Justin and, and yeah. Tony, feel free to chime yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we played, you chose the the red. Yes. I chose the black. Yes. Are, are you going to stick with the red as your your choice of mana so for me um i i really struggle you guys were laughing at me when i was trying to decide i i was really struggling with it because i knew with my the limited amount of resources that i did that the red mana the mountain mana was an aggressive type of strategy and i couldn't remember what the other ones were but i remember that was aggressive and i even though i knew that wasn't my if I play a, a lot of other, I play a lot of other video games and other types of games. Aggressive is not my strategy. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit more tactical and a little bit more taken back. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't remember what the others were, so at least I knew what I was getting into with the red. Sure. I yeah. didn't play correctly, <laughs> but I, I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. You should have played um, a lot faster. I should have, and <laughs> yeah, I, I did yeah. not. Um, I was much. I played very timid, and and that hurt me. But uh, so so no. In short, I, I probably wouldn't go with that. Um, I don't. I'm curious, Tony, what you'll say. But what about you, Brian? For the I enjoyed the black. Mm-hmm. It was it was tough to play against someone who has the black cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of bringing people back from life and adding life and all this other stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if I knew enough, I would obviously play like a combination. Sure. Yeah. But if we had to pick one, I mean, I, I I'm. I'm, I've won with the black. I don't when I when I played previously. I play, actually played against you, Tony. Yeah, and I think I lost. So now that I've won with black, Did you, you didn't play. Well, I guess you played with a mix more before. Or I'm trying to remember what color we, you we played with. with. I believe we played with two different types. Yeah, we, we played we, with we, two we color or two uh, two different mana. Yeah. and I think sand and uh, so white probably white the, the plains. Yeah, the yeah. plains white. And, I think planes and um, I want to say blue. Yep. I think it was the planes and the Islands? blue. Yeah, islands. Yeah, that that I played with last time. Yeah. So I I like the I, I like the black. Yeah. Didn't even know it was an option last time, but no. <laughs> you know he's Tony was keeping information from me. Yeah, that's interesting, huh? What about you? Oh, I love all colors equally. <laughs> um, what do you play with most now? I. Now I will only play a combination of three colors. Oh. So all at the same time. All at the same time. Okay. So I go white, blue, black. The nickname for that in the magic world is called Esper. If anyone out there is listening, I love that. that you know exists. what I'm talking about? Yes. Esper, no, I, I Esper have no idea. Out there. I have no idea what that is. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Um, but, so yeah, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. So there are. I'm a little bit in between both of you. So you mentioned like you're more of a sit back like yes. reactive yes. type yeah. um so that that play style kind of favors the more like white blue okay. um type of cards which i like good to know um and then adding black to the mix is more of the what brian talked about like more of the aggressive like proactive but also controlling and like manipulating the board a little bit type, yeah, of, it, type of play that, so that was the the thing that got me was that that style of play was messing with how I was playing the right. entire time. Yeah. It wasn't that you were being aggressive. I mean, it's I guess very it was disruptive. Aggressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's it was disruptive. disruptive. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep, yep. yeah. yeah. I'd play a card and 
you had to think about if you were going to attack because I also could potentially gain life, gain life back yeah. if you attacked, even right. if I just defended. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So, exactly. yeah. so I, the, the decks I play now are all white, blue, and black, combination of the three colors. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we, we've, is it time? Have we hit yeah. three hours yet? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a marathon. I, so if you have listened this far on a Magic episode – we applaud you. I, I don't even yeah. think you deserve an applause. I'm sorry. This was an interesting podcast. Well, I'm intrigued. Okay, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, but here's the thing. We have cards in front of us. We have things in front of us. Mm-hmm. They're just straight listening. They're probably stuck in their car. That's true. Like, Listener <laughs> X is probably stuck in his car. He loves it. He's a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. And, and now we are finally making it Man. to our delusional thinking. You really are crazy. Okay, well, I'll, I'll kick this one off, and and Tony here will have to jump in to explain a little bit of this. But um, you know, he he has explained these uh, planeswalkers for us a little bit. He can jump in a, a little bit more. But yeah, we didn't do a very good job no, of explaining he, the game. That's okay. You know, that's a whole it, other podcast. It's, it's, it really is. <laughs> yeah, and this we could have done probably. I mean, we're on episode sixty four. We probably. Could have done 64 episodes on how to play. I mean, if yeah. I had a couple more beers, I could keep talking for <laughs> a couple hours. So I'm good. But uh, but no. But so. Who's going to listen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, mom. Yeah, hey, mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, you know, our, our thought topic for, for this week, uh, you know, Tony has brought up Planeswalker. He'll get into details on this. But so there's many choices in this regard. But what we want to know who you would choose of these planeswalkers that you've provided in front of us to be living in the normal world. So Tony, I'll let you take it over from here, but you know, this is in a fantasy character played in the normal world and we get to take on that be that character um in many regards. So Okay, so you are taking on one of these characters' personalities. Correct. Which one would you choose? Yes, yeah. correct. And so describe to us each of these Okay, so in front of me, I have five planeswalkers. Um, we have Liliana of the Veil. We have Elspeth, Sun's Champion. Sounds like Justin. Which one? Wow. Liliana. Liliana. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a Teferi Time Reveler. Mm. Uh, we have a Kaya Ghost Assassin. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And Side note, cool. I named my dog yeah. after that planeswalker. Uh, what? I... I, I you know, I knew it. Breaking news. Right? Yeah. And then finally we have Jace the Mind Sculptor. Well, can, can you tell us a little bit about who they, what they're all about? Like, I think that will help us in deciding. Yeah. You know. So all of these cards are actually pretty controlling type okay. cards within yeah. the magic game itself. Yeah. Um, Liliana of the Veil is uh, a lot of like attrition based, like resource denial um, type of play, so okay. um, that's kind of her deal. Elspeth's son's champion is more like, you know, she has the ability to kind of generate a team of her own as well as defend you from other creatures. Jace the Mind Sculptor can pretty much do everything. I'll oh. just be honest. Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> Jace the Mind Spoiler Sculptor. Alert, he's the best. Jace the Mind Sculptor is like the coolest kid at the party and everyone wants to be him. Okay. Um, he's pretty much got like every ability that's good in magic and is one of the most powerful powerful planeswalkers ever printed oh. 
Teferi Time Reveler is a little bit new to the game, um, equally as uh, powerful as Jace the Mind Sculptor, you know, in a way. Just a lot of decks that care about certain strategies, he kind of shuts off. So okay. he's a little bit more disruptive. Let's go back to Jace. Yeah. Jace has the ability to look at the top card of target player's library. You may put that card on the bottom of the, the player's library. Mm-hmm. And then... So it's it, it. So you can. It has plus two. What does that mean? So planeswalkers are a card type that Wizards of the Coast and Magic introduced um, later on in Magic's history. So it's a whole new card type that I haven't even introduced to you guys yet. But basically, you can play a planeswalker and activate one of the abilities on the card once per turn. Is essentially how it works. What's the number though? Oh, the number uh, represents how many loyalty that card enters the battlefield with. Uh, um, and the numbers on the card, you know, the plus two, minus one, or whatever, represent adding loyalty to the, to the card or subtracting loyalty to the, to the card. There's a whole another dimension of how you deal with planeswalkers. Mm. Uh, so earlier, how we talked about creatures being able to attack opponent's life total, creatures can also attack a planeswalker and reduce its loyalty. Hmm. Okay, Kaya looks badass. Yeah, she is pretty badass. Mm. Like <laughs> yeah, cooler than Jace because Jace is pretty cool. Um, I mean, she's oh. just like got some swagger to her. Oh, that Kaya's got a lot of swagger. Yeah, I'm digging these autographs too. Right? By the way, yeah, yeah, these are spectacular. Do you play with them when they're autographed? I do. Yeah, so. I don't know if I mentioned it, but that's one of the one like one of the aspects of magic that first attracted me to the game, which is the artwork. So, I make a, a strong point to try to get a lot of my cards autographed by artists at different magic fests and stuff like that. I am in love with this autograph. That black gold mix tied with the branding on the card. It's right, beautiful. I am digging. I am digging that. Um, I don't know her abilities very well, but yeah, um, it's interesting, Elspeth. Takes a I lot see of that mana. First girl, Tony. Yep. I see. Yeah. Elspeth takes a lot of mana yeah, where so, the other ones don't. Yeah. So a lot of these planeswalkers you can deploy at different stages of the, of the game, and you know certain ones are going to be stronger later. Mm-hmm. Certain ones have more, you know, aspects relevant earlier in the game. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, as far as who would I live as. And you kind of can yeah, like align it with like what colors do you like to play or like yeah. that type of stuff too. That's a good point. Yeah. Although I've only played one color. Right. And I, and I don't have that, that color out here right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, which may be a good thing because yeah. I'm terrible at it. Go ahead. I, I really like Teferi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I Was think... that the one with the really cool autograph that I really like? No. Oh. No. He's got the, the oh, orb. Oh, dude. The orb. Oh, I haven't seen him yet. Oh. He's the oh, guy he was over seen. there. Teferi Time Reveler. Yeah. Yeah. The time. Oh, this is shiny. Yeah, kind of cool look to him. Yeah, design it looks like design's nice. Uh, yeah. Idris Elba, right now. and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if I could have the orb all the times, I don't need. I don't even know what his powers are. They're very good. Yeah, they're, they're very um, pretty much disruptive. Uh, like like we talked about earlier. Yeah. See, oh, so the problem with the the um, Jace, like in the real world, I don't need to turn over two people's top card <laughs> or i don't need to draw three cards he well, does a lot of things yeah uh, but there's more to it than that you know you, no, have, to, but there's you not. have to apply it to real life so 
There, it may be not a card, but you you get to determine. Exile like in this scenario, all cards from in this pl- scenario, you can read the future, right? Like that's True. what it is. That's what that first ability so says. Yeah. So you can read what the next, what that person, like what Tony is going to do next. And so you can determine your actions based off of that. In, in this game, it's a card, but in real life, it's not just a card. You no, it's a card. Read, mm-hmm. It's a card. Uh, you're, you're, you're thinking <laughs> this is delusional in the box. This is delusional, my friend. I mean, I'm not going to I'm blaming no, you on, I, the, on I'm the, just I'm just the, turning uh, into the fairy guy, but you know, I I don't know. I I think See, you're going to are you going to pick Jace? You're going to pick Jace, aren't you? You're no, you're watching Jace, me pick up the card. Jace you're Jace like eyeing me as I picked up Jace, Jace the mind It's probably the card I should pick. But here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go um, can I see that one? That, that one. Yep, I think it's that one. She may not be the best. But Liliana of the Veil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is going to be my pick here. And I have to pay homage to my many fantasy games that I've played over the years. Uh, you know, the Elder Scrolls and Skyrims and all of that. For whatever reason, maybe I was a teenage boy. I don't know. <laughs> but I played the female character. Sure, I was always the female character. Mm-hmm. She's attractive. And, and she's attractive. And so I probably would end up playing her and she'd be killer i mean she's got freaking fire coming out of her hands she's pretty killer uh yeah. so i would totally be fine with being liliana um in in this world um but yeah i'm gonna stick with that tony what about yeah, you what where, about where you, you going with oh I, I gotta go with kaya ghost assassin uh, yeah. oh that you was know, the dog, yeah. i i dog. just love the uh i love the the design of this card in general and um how her abilities would translate to the real world, I have no idea. But she she does a lot of walking through walls and killing oh. of ghosts. Oh. That's pretty sick. So I think that's pretty sick. Yeah. Do you does does your dog know that that <laughs> she is named after she, she aware? <laughs> I don't like have you shown her the card? I, I, I have tried to show her the card okay. Okay. And, she, and she tries to eat it, so oh, it's yeah. like oh, yeah. an bad, avenue bad. I don't want to go down. Yeah, yeah. bad bad idea. Yeah, yeah. So right. I gotta well, go with that one. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I'm surprised. I, uh, all the I thought you were going to go with with uh, Jace with how highly you spoke of him. You know, Jace is uh, my homeboy in the game itself. Yeah, you know, I play with him quite a bit. Yeah, but you got to think of it in real world. Got to think of I'm thinking yeah. real yeah. life. Pulling cards. Yeah. Application. You don't need now. to pull cards. Girl power from Tony right. and I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can I say that? Is that allowed in delusional thinking? Yeah, sure, sure. There we go. Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, this marathon has come to an end. It's been fun, T- Tony. Thank you for for joining us for this Absolutely. podcast. It was I, fun. Yeah, this this was good. I I feel like we learned a ton. I'm intrigued to learn even more and continue down this path of playing the game somehow more. Over under how how long is it going to take you to play your next game? To the next one? Yeah. I mean, no, like like how many how many days ne- next are you going to play? In a week, a month, a year. We're playing right after this, I thought. I oh. kind of want to play right after <laughs> oh, this. Oh, okay. I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. Okay, I, we're going to be here I all night. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play more. Anyway, um, thank you all for listening in. Uh, this was this was fun for us. Hopefully it was fun for you. As per usual, subscribe to us on Apple, Google, 
and Spotify, but really wherever you're getting your podcast, we should be there. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Quest for 100, on Facebook at Quest for 100, and on Instagram for whenever I post at Quest for 100 Podcast. And if you want to be the next Tony and the next guest yeah. expert, because uh, I didn't think your wife was going to be able to be topped, but this is up there. This Ooh. is this is up it's there. Yeah. yeah, we might have to have a vote at some point yeah. to see which one's better. But yeah. I, I think both are spectacular. Because uh, in terms of amount of of stumping that we did for each guest it it was pretty on par yes the fact that tony brought out you literally brought out the news the, that i the brought. news that you were talking about you thought <laughs> you thought that you were finding this amazing news in yeah. the moment no way he was gonna know about it nope and he sure brought enough. out he the already box. purchased the thing yep. <laughs> all right well until next time uh thanks for joining us on the quest for 100 <laughs> <laughs>